How is everybody doing today? Welcome once again to This Week in Liberpods. I'm your host, Nikki P, here with episode number 16. And you know what that means, folks? It means we've got another five shots of libertarian-adjacent podcasting coming your way. Let's get right into it this week. We're going to start out with the Peaceful Treason podcast, which is a fun little number. They follow a pretty standard formula of two guys talking, but the important thing to remember about these guys is if you're a hophead, these craft beer boys are probably right up your alley. So let's hop right in, pun intended, and see what they got for us this week. A little bit about cheating, but let's do that in the second half. Let's let's take a break. We're, we're going to talk Astros and uh, Deflate Gate. Okay. I, I want to talk a little bit about cheating. Sure. Um, but let's take a break for Cerveza first. All right. All right. Let's do it. Cerveza of the week. All right. Uh, so we we actually we actually have two beers this week. We do, as we often do. Is that three right? or four? <laughs> No, we're not that much of a. We're not that that those that big or those big The first one was appropriate for the the, the discussion of war and you know Middle East stuff because it's titled what invasion. Yeah, from one of your favorite breweries. I'm a big fan of Cigar City. I've been there. You I, went there. I may actually be there in two weeks. Really, I didn't know you were going to uh, Florida. Yep. Okay. I had a couple. I had a, had a couple breweries down there. Um, that's good. Pick up something. Pick up something for the show. Okay. Something we can't get here from Cigar City. Yeah, whatever that uh, weird, long Hawaiian name they've got for their their imperial stout. I've had that before. That's great. If I can find that. Um, this is a uh, the can is, is I really love the the design. It's simple. It's got like old. Um, uh, like 1700s oceanic maps kind of drawn in the background. Well, there's a reason for that. It's because okay. this uh, this tropical pale ale with tropical notes of mango and tangerine imparted by Simcoe and Mosaic hops, this crisp and sessionable pale ale is a perfect companion for long days of marauding, pillaging, and pirating. Mm. I, uh, I Searching for booty. I, I didn't I, say that. I added my that. palate is not advanced enough yet to be able to like identify different types of hops, but I know we've talked about how we enjoy Simcoe and Mosaic hops a oh, couple yeah. times on this yeah, on this yeah. show. Uh, we should rank. Man, I would love. I would love to get that good to know like what kind of hops are in in the beer. Oh, Could you do okay. that? Um, I know Citra is my favorite. Yeah, we've talked about want, citras yeah. are, are probably our number one. But I remember having a beer, and I wish I could remember which one it was, that had Simcoe, uh, Simcoe as its primary hop, and we loved it. So I think that mm. one's got to be up there in the top top five, probably. Yeah, I can't think of one offhand. This is not an IPA, right? It's just a, it, they call it a tropical pale ale. But yeah. it, actually, it actually does kind of drink like an IPA. To yeah, me. It, uh, it comes in only 5% alcohol, 50 IBU, so those are... Those are numbers more in line with a pale ale than an IPA. Yeah. Well, that's why they call it sessionable. But to me, and maybe it's because I actually haven't drank uh, in, in two weeks. So that could be. <laughs> and I I I didn't eat much tonight because I made that shitty salad. <laughs> <laughs> so so one beer in and I'm already a little buzzed. Um, but this, to me, this is a great beer. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty decent. So that's it? That's just decent? That's um, not our future beer, so we don't have to give yeah. it a, a ranking out of ten if you don't want to. But if you it's, want to, it's so we had we had some last night as well. It um definitely leaves a dry mouth. 
yeah, feel. Yeah, for sure. A very dry mouth feel. Um, almost like if you're drinking a brute. It doesn't really do any one thing super well. It doesn't do the tropical to the extreme, which is good. It doesn't really get that good nectary feel. It doesn't really, it's also low yeah. on alcohol. So it's not, it's not, but it's not as low as a lot of other session beer. So it's not doing any one thing perfectly or even extremely well. It's just but it good is, all around. It's balanced. Yeah. It's it is really balanced. balanced. So um, I'll give it a one out of 10. You just uh, give one, it a one, one out of 10? <laughs> one, one. I'd, I'd give my piss more than a one out of 10. <laughs> Uh, one through ten, a rating. I would say it's uh, I, I would give it a a nice even seven. That's where I'm at on that one. Oh, that's still a lot. Like... For I mean, for a pale ale. All right. So once again, that was peaceful treason. Moving right along, we're going to be stepping into a new podcast to me. This one is called Make America Garrett Again. Not entirely sure who Garrett is, but this was a fun one. I was excited to listen to it, especially since it got into the environmentalism conversation. So let's take a peep inside the hood. So we know what both sides are trying to tell us. We hear that loud and clear, and as Scott Adams points out, neither side is doing a very good job of pulling us over to their side. But how do we get to the truth? How do we know if this is something that we genuinely need to be worried about or not? Well, Scott Adams, he reaches out and he interviews a guy. I can't remember his first name, but uh, his last name is Shiva. Uh, He's got a doctorate in several fields of science. He kind of gives his qualifications, and Scott Adams does a really good job of pressing back on Dr. Shiva about a lot of the conventional claims and a lot of the things that people talk about in the debate about climate change. Probably the biggest thing that I can give you from this interview is that climate change is the one area of discussion where the academic world has essentially told the scientific world the results of their studies before they've ever happened. That they have decided, the academics have decided that climate change is real, that it is happening, that it is an existential threat to human life on this planet. There is no denying it, that the science has been settled, and that we absolutely have to make massive changes to our economy and massive changes to our industry and massive changes to the way the world works, or else plenty of us are going to be dead within 100 years, and that that we only have a few years now to take action. Now, as a scientist, that's fine as a hypothesis. But when you talk about the scientific method, the scientific method says that you, you come up with your hypothesis, you guess this, and then you test it. Then you try to see if the things that you think are happening are really true. And what's happened in this climate change debate is a lot of times they will take any of the results of the tests that show that they're right, any of the results that show that the earth is warming or that CO2 levels are rising or whatever it is, but then if something comes back and it doesn't prove what they've already decided to be right, then they they throw that data out. They find an excuse to say, well, this doesn't count or this was abnormal, so we're not going to count it. And Dr. Shiva explains that because the academic world has taken over this in such a way that scientists have sort of lost their freedom to tell the truth in this. And that if they do come out and they do press back against the narrative of climate change, if they do press back against what the world has already been told is happening, then they lose their funding. They lose their jobs. 
a lot of them have written editorials or whatever for various media, and they've lost their posts there. Tom Woods does this interview with the, the one of the founders of Greenpeace, and this guy has been removed from the list of Greenpeace founders because he's come out and disagreed with a lot of the things that these green companies and these green activist groups are saying. And he explains to Tom Woods that you know electric power is great for small cars and electric power is great for small consumers but that it's not going to cut it when you come to when it comes to um, moving mass amounts of freight and doing the kind of things that we use semi trucks to do and probably trains as well and that fossil fuels are an important part of our economy and our lives. And if you were to completely do away with fossil fuels, as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez suggests in the Green New Deal, then with the, the size of the world that we have, you're going to end up cutting down all the trees and running short on wood in no time. That these kind of things have dangerous, drastic effects, and to just go into them blindly or to go into them where all the research has already been decided before it's actually performed, the results of that could be devastating. And most of us know that science has been known often to change over time. You know, off the top of my head, I can think of nutrition, right? That it used to be when the FDA made the food pyramid, you know, one of the things they used to tell people was you need to stay away from fats. You know, fats are bad. Um, you know, lean more towards sugar. Sugar is okay. And then we find out decades later that sugars actually aren't all that good for you and that fats aren't so bad. You know, you used to be able to eat the egg white but not the egg yolk. The egg yolk was bad for you. And then it was, you know, the egg yolk was bad and not the egg white. And, and you, they flipped back and forth several times. And eggs were good and then eggs were bad and then eggs were good and then eggs were bad. And I, I don't know where we are on that right now. And the same thing happens in fitness science. They're still learning and they're still changing their opinion every couple of years about what type of exercise is most helpful for you to lose weight. All right. Well, I don't know about you, but I enjoyed the heck out of that one. That was, once again, Make America Garrett Again. Our third podcast up this week is The Anarchist Garage, and we're about to hear some people get a little conspiratorial. That's just the way I like it, though. So let's see what they've got this week. But it was an interesting... He's got a whole article and some other stuff about, like, hey, you know, the left is really good at this stuff, the organizing and the, and the getting people out in an organized fashion and having a response system and all that stuff and the right tends to be really terrible at it because of the individualism kind of inherent in right-wing ideologies and so that was an interesting perspective for me i was like okay because that's what i was thinking when it started blowing up all over twitter i was like i hesitated for a minute about getting involved because i was like i don't know what this is and blah blah but mm -hmm. then it was like okay well it's whiskey and rebellion it's kind of running this thing and i you know, people that I know know him. So, okay, fine. I'll, I'll like at least draw other attention to it so that if it's a thing, it doesn't go, it doesn't go unnoticed, mm -hmm. but it would have been way better if somebody had called me and said, you know, like, I don't know, like, even if let's just say whiskey, cause he was involved. So if whiskey had called me, if I had been on his call tree and I'd gotten a phone call from him of like, Hey, you know, this thing's going down. We've got, you know, we've got confirmation by phone from this guy. Can you, you know, get on Twitter and repost the hashtag and call your next four people so that people are aware that's a, uh, 
better risk. Right? Because yeah. like you know, Paz mentioned, like, hey, if you're hashtagging stuff, like they're gonna they're gonna tie your account to that stuff. And I was like, look, yes, he's totally right. Tweeting about this at all is a problem because it's all searchable and it's all public. Even the even the private accounts are searchable from the Twitter end. And so um I was like, you know, the hashtag all it makes it easier for them to identify people that were involved in this particular thing, but it makes it infinitely more more accessible for people to get involved and tell, you know, leading up to, hey, the police are involved, right? If you know this thing's going off, and you can and you can, um, if you know this thing's going down, and you can get people using the same hashtag for an hour just to get everybody's attention and get everybody involved, then you can stop using the hashtag or whatever and they yeah they're going to tie your account to it but if you're tweeting about it even without the hashtag and it still goes on they're still going to find you mm-hmm. like everything on twitter is available and searchable i don't know that's my big takeaway was like okay yeah don't say anything on twitter that you don't want the cops to see obviously well for sure i don't know do you have anything else about that one mm, no i think that pretty much covers it and, you know, it's like our, our general rule that we like to to mention here, like non-felonious, right? Like the whole point of this is like, <laughs> hey, non-felonious for the purposes of this being on the Internet. Because we know, like, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but like Apple, I, Apple iTunes, like the podcast app that comes with your iPhone now, is allowing you to search audio. I actually did not know that. Right, because you're not like – so – all of the recordings, all this, it's searchable. All of it, anything you put on the internet is, is public. And so, you know, I mentioned on a different, on a different tweet somewhere. Uh, oh, Scott Horton had, uh, uh, not Mike Meharry, the other Mike, Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center on this week. And I was like, cool. In case you didn't know that privacy was dead, here's your indication that like privacy's dead. Because they were talking mm-hmm. about like the NSA, it's like and the you know, renewal of the Patriot Act and all this stuff, and like they're collecting everything. Now, their ability to search it effectively and some of that stuff, like the technology might be behind the searching technology, the indexing may be behind the collection, but it's catching up and they've been collecting for twenty plus years. And they're collecting everything. So eventually, they're just going to have it all. Or they already have it all, and eventually they'll be able to look and tag everything correctly and index everything to a file. And so, you know, the the idea is that, like, oh, we're going to be able to stop them or fight them or restrict them from doing that. And it's like, okay, maybe in specific instances. But, like... If they're collecting the data and they can get hacked, which they have been, then that data is like it's all public. You have to assume it's public. You have to assume all your data is public. And so with that assumption, then you can start to find ways to like keep things semi private or, you know, make things so public that they're basically obscure or what. But you got to start thinking about like, hey. So we have the Anarchist Garage there 
Uh, I enjoyed that one. They, it's been a while. He's been on a bit of a hiatus, but he is back, finally, as the title would say. So moving right along, our fourth podcast this week is Toward Anarchy, which I believe is also a radio show. Uh, most of what you're actually going to hear this week, though, is his interview with presidential hopeful John McAfee. And I'll be honest, I'm, I just had to cut it in the middle of McAfee talking because that guy can go. But it'll be enjoyable. Let's check it. Oh, my. <laughs> well, it just speaks to what you were talking about earlier, the fact that people, start... people they've yeah. got sense. They really don't. They haven't got any sense. And it's all due to the public school system. It's all due to the, the dog and pony circus show that is on their nightly news every night that is the game called politics. And it, it's it's sad and funny at the same time. I know. I'm sure all one, it's just one thing or two things, but it's not. It's the entire system designed to create gullibility, people. Because if you do not have a gullible population... <laughs> well, how in the f- are you going to control them through disinformation? And, very and so our society rewards gullibility, passing around fake news because it's entertaining as fuck, trash talk on social media because it means jack. Um, and then the play of politics to keep our asses entertained. And we're gullible. We're gullible to the point we believe that politics is a reality rather than a play. We're gullible to the point that when they tell us, even presidents, uh, Iraq has nuclear weapons, uh, uh, we believe it. Good God, if our presidents are that gullible, then please, what about the people who elect such presidents? I mean, talk about gullibility. Here, I want you all to think of this one. Would anybody in their right minds who truly um, believe what the parents told them that, um, listen, if it doesn't add up, well, it doesn't add up. And yet, yet, we will vote into office a man or woman who spends $100 million to get a job paying 250000 Now, please, people, if you think that adds up, well, there's no go for you, and I'm going to go fishing and fuck you all. No, we don't add up, folks. Why? But say, oh, no, he didn't, he didn't do it. It was done. Other people got the money. Who gives a flying fuck? Who got the money? It was paid and spent. Do you not understand what it means? No, I, I want to serve my country so badly that uh, I'm going to spend $100 million. To s- no, nobody wants to serve their country. That's George Washington, he didn't want to serve. They had to drag his sorry ass kicking and screaming. Why? God damn it. He was an old, not older than me. No, no, about the same age, actually, poor bastard. Um, he wanted to retire and fish on the banks of the Potomac. Good fishing back then, I hear. But they, they told him the truth. George, who the flying f- I mean, look at this. We got Benjamin Franklin. All he does is chase women and drink. Thomas Jefferson can't find his f- glasses. John Hancock? Well, yeah, he got a pretty handwriting, but mother f- hell. Listen, uh, he's, 
He's got so many women pregnant in this town. He has had to move 10 times. Please, George, you are the only. They shamed him. They shamed him, drug him, kicking and screaming. Well, that's how we should get prisons. Don't you goddamn see it, people? Please. You want to elect someone that wants the job? Are you insane? That's the worst goddamn job in the world, taking care of the the problems of 400 million people and trying to balance budgets, and nobody likes you? And half the time you get whacked by somebody. So good God almighty, nobody wants that job that should have it. You want to get the people to go, no. Hey, listen, Harry, you're the one. If you don't do it, I swear to Christ, we will shame you forever. It's four years, Harry. You don't have to run again. For Do it now, right? Dwight Eisenhower was the last goddamn president. That man was the supreme Allied commander in the bloodiest, most horrific war this world has ever seen or imagined. God damn it. It was the worst emotion in the world to be president of the U.S. After Supreme Allied Commander, good God Almighty. But he was shamed. Who the f*** else was there then that had any goddamn talent that didn't want to do the job? He did not. And what did he tell us when he left office? America, beware of two things that are stealing your freedom and will continue if you let them, the CIA. All right. So we're on to the last clip. That last one was once again Toward Anarchy. The final show this week that we're going to feature is the Raising Liberty podcast. Uh, I learned about this one in a group just this week as well, and it gets a little woo-woo for me. But they used all the right keywords in their podcast bio, so... It's totally warranted to be here. It's not any less libertarian than talking about beer. So let's get into it. The Raising Liberty Podcast. And yeah, because hating other people, you know, includes hating yourself, whether you realize it or not. Um, I mean, if you have to hate somebody else to think that you love yourself, to compare yourself, you know, I I don't know if you're having to hold other people down, there's insecurity there. There's fear and the, the fear is like what he goes on about oh, more than yeah. once, you know. Just like Yoda. He's a <laughs> Jedi. You could be a Jedi Master. This is the first agreement. <laughs> After the fourth, uh, we'll mail you a lightsaber. Right. Your very first. No, I'm just kidding. That's a lie. No lightsabers. Nope. <laughs> It'll just appear. <laughs> if it's meant to be. <laughs> um, but yeah, did you have anything else that... Um, let's see. Well, he talks about the fertile ground and planting seeds. And it's a little vague to me now. I know, right? How you get the fertile ground. Well, he I mean, said that... The seeds are all the words. Everyone's mind is already fertile for for certain kinds of information, for yeah. ideas, for certain types of ideas. Most of us, it's... Our mind is fertile. Actually, everybody. Our mind is fertile for words, ideas, explanation, any kind of communication or information that supports what we already believe about ourselves. Right, okay. And so once you turn some of those agreements on their heads, 
it starts changing the ground. It, yeah, you're you you're you will start you'll change your trajectory and you'll gain momentum. Yeah, that makes is sense. what he's saying. Yeah, uh, and it does. It makes sense because if you start believing positive things, well, it's human nature. You seek information that supports what you already believe. Yeah. Most of us just happen to believe a lot of negative stuff, but if you have more positive beliefs, or even a twenty-five percent of your beliefs are positive, and you're protecting that, you know, and growing that, that I mean, that's just that's gonna feed itself. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you know you. Like, if you succeed at this or you start succeeding at this, you're going to find there might be people in your life that don't belong. Right. Um, so, where were we at? Um, we were talking about immunity to spells. Right. Yeah, so having an impeccable word makes you immune. Yeah. You're not going to agree with people who believe bad things about you. Even though that's really just them having negative beliefs about themselves or, or fears within themselves that drive them. Makes you immune to those seeds. Right. And yeah. It's not fertile ground anymore. Because you're constantly keeping your ground your own way. Yeah. That's true. Keep. Yep. It's a good way. Like a gardener. Solidifying your own agreements. One other thing I thought of when I was listening to that the second time. Uh, an impeccable word. When people know that you do what you say you're going to do, it's kind of, it's, it doesn't seem as deep as the way he's talking about it most of the time. Yeah. But just keeping your word, using the truth uh, to your advantage, uh, people, when they learn that what you say carries weight, that you're going to do what you say you're going to do, even on a subconscious level, you can develop that that kind of rapport or that trust with people, then your word holds more power so that if you say this will be that way or I will make this happen or whatever, it becomes a part of, they'll adopt that agreement within themselves. Mm -hmm. So if, if an impeccable word also should mean that you always say what you do, what you're going to you say you're going to do, then it kind of makes sense too because you can create beliefs in other people yeah when you follow through and follow through and follow through. you know when you never make an excuse when you always yeah. do it um then suddenly your word is able to change people's minds about what's going to happen about the future yeah if you say i'm going to do this or this is going to happen and you're always you're never just guessing you're always telling the truth, you know. Your white magic gets stronger and stronger. Totally. <laughs> oh, he did say one way to test out how impeccable your word is is how you feel about yourself. And with that, the Raising Liberty podcast, we are done with episode number 16 of This Week in Liberpods. Hopefully you found something new that you love. As always, I remind you to go check out LibberPods.com. If there's a podcast you don't think we know about yet, let us know. Be sure to go back and start the show from the very beginning all the way to episode number one because we have yet to repeat anything. And as a quick reminder, go check out our friends at LibertyPodcastRanker.com and help them spread the words of liberty. So if I can leave you with one thing, when selling liberty, unlike voting, every voice counts. 
This podcast is a proud creation of the Mad Audio Lab. For more information, check out madaudiolab.com. This Week in Liberpods is part of the Liberty Hippie Podcast Network. If you like what we do, be sure to check out Homesteads and Homeschools, Peace Freaks, Cannabis Heals Me, and Free Markets Green Earth. We're living proof that libertarian doesn't mean washed up Republican.